Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg, and every week I'm going to share information with you about mental health-related topics, including methods I've used to help thousands of people gain insights into their behavior, learn new coping skills, and simply create more fun and fulfilling lives. And I believe everyone has the capacity to learn and grow, so I'm happy that you joined me today. So today I'd like to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is shame. And shame is just one of six primary emotions. So the six primary emotions are anger, sadness, fear, shame, love, and joy. So anger, sadness, fear, shame, love, joy. But I think that even though there are six primary emotions, I feel that uh, a significant portion of our lives is marked by shame. And um, I'll be doing other podcast episodes about shame undoubtedly, but tonight I just wanted to put out there a couple tools that you can use to get started on your shame and working on that. So shame is the feeling that you are broken, damaged, or bad, that there's something wrong with you. And some of us grew up in homes that were what we call very shame-based, in which the person growing up in the home didn't feel good enough. Maybe your parents were very critical or non-supportive, and you repeatedly got the message that you are bad and that there's something wrong with you. Um, I hear this a lot, especially in people that were brought up in very uh, religious homes. Sometimes there's a, a lot of um, guilt and shame that comes along with that. People talk about how they felt they were really just inundated with uh, messages of how they were broken growing up in that environment. So something also that's involved in this is that um, a lot of folks who experience a lot of shame are people that are highly sensitive and 20% of the population are highly sensitive people. I happen to be one. Um, we tend to be very empathic and we have really big feelings and uh, we have a tendency also to get our feelings hurt pretty easily and have a tendency to also be hard on ourselves. So as a highly sensitive person who's in a family with a bunch of people that are not highly sensitive, uh, the highly sensitive person can get the message that there's something wrong with them, right? Um, what are you crying about? I'll give you something to cry about if you don't stop crying, right? Um, getting that message that it's, n that you're not okay because you're having feelings, you're too emotional. Uh, you need to learn how to cope with life. Um, what's wrong with you? And so people that grew up in homes where they're the only highly sensitive person, they can experience a lot of shame as adults as well. So remember, if you are a highly sensitive person, that we were born this way. 
it's just who we are. We're not damaged or broken. We're just different from people that are not highly sensitive. And there are a lot of really good things about um, being a highly sensitive person. There's some books uh, written about it, and I can give you uh, references for those those books in another podcast. But look into it more. There's lots of gifts of being a highly sensitive person too. But sometimes it is a lot when we have really big feelings in terms of learning how to soothe ourselves and how to take care of our feelings um, when we do get triggered. So, you know, you might be saying, I really don't experience much shame. And the ironic thing that I have found is that folks who think they don't have shame experience a lot of shame, but they have shame about their shame. So they deny that they have shame. It's, it's kind of funny, but, um, a lot of people don't recognize how much shame they have until they do something like this exercise. I'm going to teach you how to do now. It's called an emotion meditation. And this is a DBT skill, dialectical behavior therapy skill. Um, and what you do is you hold space for five minutes. Um, or you can do it for longer, of course, if you'd like to, uh, I've done it for as long as 30 minutes before you just hold space for your feelings. And you think about all the feelings that you've had from the time you opened your eyes today until now. And you just go through your day chronologically and you think about the six primary emotions, right? So you think about the time since you woke up until now that you felt anger, sadness, fear, shame, love, and joy. And you learn a lot about the feelings that you maybe unconsciously uh, just stuffed down during the course of the day. Uh I'm talking pleasant or unpleasant emotions. A lot of times we just push our feelings down because we are busy and we don't have time to feel things. So we just push it down. And then at the end of the day, you might find yourself in a funk and you're, uh, you're discontented, but you're not really sure why. And if you do just a five minute emotion meditation, look to see what feelings you had today. And you may be surprised. I've done five minute emotion meditations at the end of the day when I felt like not myself and uh, ended up bawling unabashedly because I had heard something earlier in the day that was just very sad. And, uh, you know, as a therapist, I do hear a lot of sad things. So um, it is super important for me to hold space for my feelings and, and work through them um, so that I can be present for other people. And so, you know, it, it's always interesting to me uh, how I missed so many of my emotional experiences during the day. And it's also interesting to see how the six primary emotions overlap. Uh, I mean, it is actually possible for you to hit on all six emotions in the same moment, <laughs> right? Uh, you can feel the anger, the sadness, the fear, the shame, the love, the joy. You can feel all those things at the same time. And I used to think that feelings were, uh, some feelings were incompatible with each other, but that's not true. You can, they're not mutually exclusive. So you can have more than one. 
So looking back over your day uh, and see what emotions you were feeling. And this is especially helpful skill for folks who grew up in homes where they weren't allowed to have their feelings. Um, like maybe the parents didn't hold space for their feelings or they were discouraged from sharing their feelings or they were even punished or bullied for showing their feelings. So as adults, one of your most important tasks, any of us, is to learn how to identify what our feelings are. That's the first step of taking care of our feelings and understanding them, is being able to identify them. And only then can we communicate our feelings. And then based on that emotion, we can determine what unmet need we might have. For example, if you feel fear or anxiety, which is the same as fear, you need to feel safe and secure. That's an unmet need of yours is safety and security. So our emotions tell us about what unmet needs we have, which is also really important. As one of my supervisors said to me years ago, shame likes to hide in dark corners. So one solution to that is to share those things that you have shame about sharing them. And by sharing them, this brings the issue into the light. And the effect of this is that the shame is lessened. It almost evaporates when you share with someone what you have shame about. So find someone in your life who has earned your trust. So that could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a therapist, could be a spiritual person in your life, a spiritual leader, people that have earned your trust. Find someone to share your shame with them and see what kind of an effect that this has on you. I've had people come in to see me for therapy that have carried around guilt and shame about things that they've done, uh, maybe for, uh, I was thinking of one person that had carried that around with him himself for over 50 years and to finally be able to share that with someone and get it off their chest and be seen and heard and understood the power of that is that he didn't need to continue to come back for therapy I mean, it was like after that he his symptoms just really disappeared so don't underestimate the power um, of sharing your shame with people that have earned your trust. And so we all have parts of us known as our shadow parts. I talked about this in my last podcast. And these are parts of us that are wounded and still healing. And sometimes those shadow parts of us are protectors, right? And they're the ones that um, often get triggered in a for a trauma response or if there's if they're threatened um you know the fight flight freeze collapse or fawn uh when you're in the face of something threatening you can have one of those reactions and sometimes those are shadow parts of us that are protectors and it's important for us to make friends with our shadow parts too they're simply wounded parts of us so Treat your shadow parts with love and compassion and patience. Our shadow parts need healing. And one of the ways we do this is to protect ourselves and to have our own back so that those shadow parts, those wounded parts, do not get triggered so often.
So one way is that we begin to get in touch with our shame is to notice the times throughout the day that shame shows up. If you're a perfectionist, you might walk through your house looking at things that need to be fixed, moved, cleaned up, and you can have tremendous shame about those things and really judge yourself about not being more tidy. You might even be saying to yourself, what kind of self-respecting adult lives like an animal? Like, what's wrong with you, right? I can say I'm guilty of that. Uh, This was a personal um, example. And so a tool that I like to teach folks is to say out loud to themselves, I refuse to bully myself. Remember, our mind is the most powerful resource on the planet. And what goes on between your ears has a huge impact on how we feel about ourselves and how we live our lives. So remember, success in psychotherapy is not doing anything to make it worse. So if you can stop bullying yourself, just stop bullying yourself. Imagine what that would do to your life. Imagine what your what your life would be like if you stopped bullying yourself. And instead, what if you were your own biggest fan? What would be different? Would you be more confident? Would you have more courage, higher self-esteem? Would you be happier, more content, more motivated, more authentic, more connected? I mean, the benefits of this are go on and on. So the thing, the two things that I want you to try out again, just to review is the emotion meditation. And that's where you hold space for your feelings for, I say a minimum of five minutes. See what emotions came up for you today from the time you woke up until now. Look for patterns, pay especially close attention to the times you felt shame because it is probably a clue to those wounded parts of you, your shadow parts. And if you see the times you frequently feel shame, you can check in to see how am I talking to myself in that moment? Was I bullying myself? If you felt shame, chances are you were also bullying yourself. Okay. And then the second skill is to refuse to bully yourself. For this, I want you to put your hand over your heart and say out loud, I refuse to bully myself. And see what effect this has on your life. And by refusing to bully yourself, you are weakening that neural pathway that you've maybe been using your whole life. But over time, you'll stop bullying yourself because that neural pathway will be weakened. It'll take about six months for the brain change to happen. But the more you practice, the faster the brain change will happen and you'll you'll just stop bullying yourself. So remember the skills that I'm teaching you, practice them often. It's like doing reps with weights. The more that you practice them, the more that they, uh, that a new neural pathway will be created. And that new neural pathway, if used enough, will get stronger. And then that new behavior will become automatic. You won't even have to think about it anymore. Um, so with practice, it gets stronger. And so try to look at opportunities to use the skills as actually being like a gift. You'll have lots of opportunities to practice this skill, if, especially if you're a perfectionist and you have a lot of shame. You'll have lots of chances to 
refuse to bully yourself and to notice what's coming up for you emotionally. So I hope that you have a good week. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. It was great to connect with all of you. Take care.